This episode of the Duct Tape Marketing Podcast is brought to you by GoDaddy Pro. If you manage websites, if you manage websites for your clients, GoDaddy Pro is a free tool to help you manage your clients, your websites, tasks, and let's face it, make your life better. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Duct Tape Marketing Podcast. This is John Jantz and I'm going to do a solo show. I think it's been a little while. I'm going to do my annual wrap-up of the uh, trends for 2021. I guess it's not a wrap-up, isn't it? It's a prediction of the trends for small business in 2021. But you know I love testimonials. Reviews. I'd love to hear from you. Let me read one that uh, just came in from uh, Tublog. I know Tublog in the UK. Host John Jance is one of my go-to gurus for small business marketing advice. And if you listen to his podcast, you'll appreciate why. John not only shares some amazing wisdom himself, but he expertly interviews a host of the brightest minds from the marketing space. If you own a small business or work in marketing, then you'll appreciate listening to this show. Like I said, I love those. Who wouldn't love those? I'd love to hear from you. If you appreciate and love to listen to this show, jump over to iTunes and uh, give me a review. All right, so every year for, I don't know, the last 20 years or so, I've wrapped up the year with my predictions for trends for the coming year. And you know what? I'm usually spot on. But that's really more, I think, a testament to the fact that trends, I mean, they tend to creep up on us rather than overwhelm us. And I think that there's also the fact that, that really with small business owners, you know, trends have, have usually kind of tipped in the main, at least. I mean, they, we've been talking about it for a long time before they honestly, you know, are something that small business owners really need to heed. So, I mean, you think about it, like social media, mobile marketing, and, and even one that's going to show up today, you know, AI. We talk about those for a long time before they are really practical, I think, for many small businesses. But, you know, then 2020 happened and pretty much everything that might have sort of slowly crept in on anybody, you know, kind of came in untethered and proud and announced itself. So, you know, trends really accelerated and became the fact, I think, more than a trend. I mean, like Zoom, right? I mean, fact, everybody just did it. It's not a trend. I think a new behavior that might have taken years to take hold is really now second nature. I think for this year's predictions, and, and you're going to obviously a lot of people do these, I think it's going to take a new level of insight or a different level of insight to curate the trends. I think the trick this year is that, you know, the ability to spot the behavior that emerges from a change. I mean, kind of the forced trends, if you will. So for example, like is business travel going to take a long time to recover? You know, are large conferences on hold for a while? I mean, will people come to expect 15 minute virtual meetings? I mean, even if they're like in the same office together. So what do we make of some of this? Now, I know that you can count on a lot of pundits out there that are going to regurgitate the already worn line about marketers using this moment to become more human, that, that businesses will be more about people and less about, I don't know, whatever it was they were about before COVID. But I don't think that we should be fooled into thinking that, that and I hope that you don't, that, that doing the same thing you were doing in a different format is an innovation. And that anything really in your industry, whatever industry you're in, will look precisely the same, maybe ever again. I think this year the friction around change 
I mean, it literally went to zero, right? Because there was no choice. So I think you can expect some people to really try to claw back, you know, what, what they knew. And I think you're going to see a lot of other people, I mean, completely reevaluate and restart everything. I do think a lot of businesses are, are doing soul searching. I know I have. I know that's occurred. But <clears throat> let's not oversimplify the result of it all. I think forced to deal with the change that we don't fully understand has led to really to some introspection, of course. But where it all land is, frankly, anyone's guess. And that leads me to my first trend. Trend number one, paying attention becomes a survival mechanism. You know, in 2021, I mean, as in, in most years, businesses thrive and survive due to many factors. But I think next year, those who kind of discover the shift of the moment that stay very, very nimble, I think will be more equipped to evolve with their customers. I think 2020 showed us, frankly, how fast everything can change and, and simultaneously how fast we can respond and then change and then respond or re-respond. I think this is the commercial version of, of present moment mindfulness, I suppose. I mean, don't take anything for granted. Something that feels like momentum may just be a bandage for really the feeling of the moment. I mean, talk to your customers as much as you can. Not because they can tell you what they want or need, because they can tell you how they're feeling. And I think going forward, I think we can expect fear, and I don't mean to be a cynic, but I think we can expect fear to be a feeling, maybe the number one feeling for most of next year. So tune your strategic thinking to finding ways to, I don't know, be, be light in the darkness. That's a good way to say it. All right. Number two, everything gets smaller. Now, from a practical standpoint, I mean, we've already seen this, right? I mean, conferences, meetings, gatherings of any sort kind of contracted immediately. And I think, I think to some extent, we're all going to need to relearn how to gather again. I mean, no matter how much we think we crave it. I think you can expect to push for less content, shorter videos, more intimate launches, mini courses even, and, and the 142-page book instead of the classic 284-page book. I think this trend will be driven by people's desire for something that feels more personal, uh, certainly not by you know the markets <laughs> designed to get smaller. But speaking of design, I think design's a true, graphic design is, is a true barometer of change sometimes. And I think you can already see online, at least, that it's already moved in that direction. I mean, look at, look, look at the large headline fonts on websites, the muted color, almost uh, watercolor splashes of retro illustrations and all the white space on, on web pages. And I think that that's a, an indicator or a barometer, as I said, of, of where I think some people's attitudes are going away or going as well, I should say. And I don't think smaller always means just smaller. It also means less complex. I think you can expect that to play out really in a, in a large dollop of nostalgia. You know, you think about the visions of families riding around their neighborhoods on their bikes during 2021, or 2020, I should say. I think that sparked an emotional desire for simplicity. All right, number three, AI gets practical. 
Okay, of course, almost every trend article that I think you encounter this year, probably the last two or three years, has talked about AI in some fashion. And I mention it here as a trend. I do I, I do so really for some practical things it brings rather than the futuristic promise of you know some sort of technological change. Now, without getting too technical um, about the workings, the mid it, somewhere in the middle of the year this year, 2020, rolled out, OpenAI rolled out something called Generative Pre-Trained Transformer 3. Or you might see it referred to as GPT-3. And I think in a lot of ways, it was a big leap that made AI useful for many applications. I mean, uh, instead of just being confined to the service or help desk bots on websites, it's now embedded in our basic typing. Um, you, you might have actually even noticed this. As you compose an email now in Gmail, if you use Gmail or, or any of the Google suite uh, of tools like Google Docs. I mean, the applications now as you type, they, they, they suggest finishes to your sentences. And this isn't just a, a feature that was added by Google. I mean, this is AI powering routine tasks, and it gets smarter. I, I actually wrote this this fall in my latest book called The Ultimate Marketing Engine. Here's my plug for it. It'll be coming out with Harper, from HarperCollins Leadership in September of 2021, and plan to hear from me about it. But at any rate, I wrote this book. It's the first book I've written entirely in Google Docs. I was amazed at how the suggested AI, don't tell my editor this, but some cases, I think it helped me write better, or at least, or at least, it made it easier for me to write sentences just from a simple suggested start. And I think you're going to see a lot of tools. I've already started to uncover tools and services and websites really aimed at at making writing easier. I mean, the couple of tools like Headline and Market Muse is another great one. I think they're going to change how content is created. I think AI applications can write an article. I mean, now based on just a handful of, of fed-in keywords. Now, is that going to be award-winning prose? Well, maybe not, at least right now. But, you know, frankly, is that is that blog post you paid somebody $15 to write, you know, near as good as AI? Probably not. But I think AI writers, I think those tools are writing to a place where they can get you 80% of the way there and then you, you know, the brilliant content strategist that you are, you can spend your energy on making the, the content sparkle and, and, you know, getting it read by others. That becomes your job. I think this is going to shake up content creation, social posting agency, and, and even the, the entire freelance industry pretty, pretty dramatically. And now let's hear a word from our sponsor. GoDaddy Pro offers a robust suite of free tools to web developers and designers to help them save time managing all of their clients and sites. With GoDaddy Pro, you can easily shop for your client, monitor their sites, and manage all their WordPress websites from one place. Exclusive time-saving tools let you bulk update WordPress core, plugins, and themes on multiple sites with one click, as well as automate WordPress backups, cloning, and migrations, and so much more. Get real-time performance, security, and uptime monitoring across all of your clients' websites. Learn more about it at GoDaddy Pro. You can check out the link in the show notes. All right, trend number four out of seven. Talent investment is back in style. 
So, you know, most large businesses uh, I, I really have come to understand that, you know, that there's a real competitive nature in attracting and retaining some of the best people. So they've, you know, they've long invested heavily in recruiting and employee branding initiatives. But, you know, small businesses rarely can afford the, you know, the, the perks to attract talent. But one trend that I think is going to grow in the world of small business is what might be referred to as talent development. I mean, even if revenue is down and budgets are tight, I predict that small business owners are going to see the wisdom of creating training and mentoring opportunities uh, really in an effort to level up and, and develop. And let's face it, I mean, send a clear signal that their people are an important piece of their success. Now, I think this has always been a big topic, big important topic, but I think we'll see a return to a fundamental commitment to employee engagement around things like profit even and skill development. And I don't think it's going to be limited to big business only. So if you're out there listening to this and you have a training program or, or some way to help de people develop skills or mindset or even personal development, I think small business is going to be a great target for the, the, the purchase of those types of things. All right, number five, video gets personal again. So if, if you're a longtime reader or listener and, and recall this, <laughs> I, I said that last year. So that's the again part. But I think there's going to be another evolution. I think it's going to continue to grow as a content medium. But I think it's also going to, going to be a bridge to a couple of the other trends that I mentioned already today, most notably the act of paying attention and getting smaller. I think video, I don't know, think of it as asynchronous virtual content. It's going to take another big leap and, and, and it's going to bounce from the Zoom screens that so many people have been in front of to more personal, what I call one-to-one, -one, you know, custom personalized platforms so for things like sales and technical support. And I think even as a form of collaboration and, and commenting in, in, internally. So Tools like Loom and BombBomb, you know, I think they're going to continue to grow. And I mean, face it, who wants to read four paragraph email, you know, when you can just simply close your eyes, click play and get the message. So I think you're going to see more and more of that. Number six, UX, user experience, and SEO, search engine optimization, get attached at the hip. So for a lot of years, it was pretty fashionable to talk about the marriage of content and SEO and I don't know. Now that content's basically online air, I think it's sort of passe to even talk about those two concepts as, as two, <laughs> frankly. But I think there's going to be a newish uh, player in the SEO world making waves, and that's UX or user experience. Now, UX isn't, it's not a new concept. I mean, navigation, good navigation at least, is a, is a user experience. Content structure, you know, those are those are user experience. I mean, so is site speed, you know, how fast your site loads, how secure it is. I mean, those are all part of the user experience. But, you know, Google, particularly with its, its just obsession with this idea of a mobile first world or point of view, I think they're going to raise the bar, or at least the SEO bar, another notch next year. So there's three words that I think you're going to have to come to terms with in 2021. And those three words are core web vitals. So this isn't meant to be a technical podcast, so I'm, I'm going to have to leave it to you to, to research what core web vitals is on your own. But suffice it to say that sites, your website, any website that loads 
slowly or doesn't provide what Google thinks is a great mobile user experience, um, you're going to suffer in the SEO game. I mean, Google's typically mum about you know how they rank things, but they've they've actually gone as far as publicly claiming that in 2021 they plan to combine core web vitals with their other ranking signals. If you want to dig into this a little bit, and there'll be a link in the show notes, my go-to source for education on anything to do with SEO is is my friend Brian Dean at Backlinko. Com and you'll, you'll see that he's done some work on Core Web Vitals. I highly recommend that you visit the show notes for this uh, episode and find backlinko.com. You could certainly do a search on your own and, and you'll find it too because, after all, he's, he's really good at SEO. <laughs> all right. So, oh, and, and, and another thing right now, Core Web Vitals, maybe those of you that are Google Search Console people, and you should be, they, you, you could see, I don't know, about six months ago, they started putting how your site ranks in these in this ranking uh, factors that they call web core web vitals. Not how it ranks, but but how they view it. You know, good, bad, or indifferent. All right, number one or number seven, I guess the last one. <clears throat> I think coaching ranks. Coaching as a profession is and and as as people actually hiring coaches. Been around for a long time. Big industry all on its own. I think the ranks of coaching is is really going to swell. You know, during 2020, um, a lot of people found corporate jobs weren't so stable, weren't so fun anymore, maybe. I, you know, some people were laid off and, and I, I think started that coaching or consulting business. I, I, as, as many of you know, I have a network of independent marketing consultants. And we saw a huge uh, surge in interest from people jumping out of corporate that just finally said, hey, now's the time to, to start that, that practice that I've wanted to. And I just think a lot of people took some time during 2020 to kind of reconsider their life path in general. So my final prediction is that the number of people who, who both decide to start coaching businesses and those who decide that, that right now is the time to get or hire a coach, I think, I, I think you're going to see that uh, explode. I think that coincides uh, nicely also with the trend of, of businesses developing their people. I think businesses are going to to look for coaching and look for uh, opportunities to develop their people. And I, I just think that 2021 is going to be a year of recovery and personal development and, you know, in some cases, one of changing priorities. So this crystal ball stuff is fun, <laughs> but more than anything, my advice is this. Stay curious this coming year, and you may indeed discover a new and exciting chapter in business and in life because that's the only thing that I know, the only thing that I know is for certain is that change is going to keep coming. All right, take care, be well, and hopefully we'll see you one day back out there on the road.